Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of your favorite show, my favorite show, definitely Brian's favorite show, The Uncommon Life Project. We're glad you're tuning in. We have a really good show and episode for you and something that we don't really talk too, too much about, but we're talking about investments, different type of investments, and we have a amazing guest and uh, on the show today. And so, Brian, I'll let you introduce and then let's jump in and we'll go from there. All right. Good morning. And we have the one and only Kramer Shiflett. He is a regional vice president uh, with Howard Capital Management located out of Hotlanta, mm. uh, Georgia. And he assists advisors like us in growing their business and navigating Howard's capital uh, wide range of offerings and solutions. Uh, Howard Capital Management uh, has almost uh, 50 employees and is managing almost $4 billion. So uh, excited to dig into this story and uh, get to know them a little bit more. Welcome to the show, Kramer. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate the time. Absolutely. Okay, so I want to talk high level. Brian and I have this book, and I love this chapter of the book because we talk about the different styles of investments. And there's a lot of them for people who haven't heard or ever even dug into this or done history. So I wanted to talk about uh, each one of them and kind of the nuances of each. So Brian, let's start with that, and then we'll kind of dive into what Howard does and how they do it. All right. So there's a lot of different uh, investment styles, and we want to just kind of break them down. I think the easiest one to start with is just passive investing. Uh, Howard is the opposite of that, so we'll get into the opposite of it. But passive investing is, you know, or indexing is just buying something, holding it. Um, can also be called buy and hold. Uh, but really, you're not, you're not you know, changing things a lot. You're just buying an index like Vanguard um, and you're trying to just stay patient and let things work out over time. Kind of the... uh, The set it and forget it mode. The set it and forget it mode. Um, So there's kind of that. And then within that, you know, in our business, the the adage has always been kind of like asset allocation where, you know, you have, um, you know, large cap growth, large, large mid or not large, but mid, mid cap growth, you know, small cap, value, international bonds, you know, all these buzzwords, and you're kind of putting a smattering of each, you know, of of your dollars into each of those and building an asset allocation portfolio. Um, And so, uh, you know, from there, there's lots of other sub subcategories, you know, that we could dive into dividend investing, um, you know, but I'll stop there. Right. And then basically what Howard is, is the is the kind of shift from the buy and hold. So that's probably a great introduction, Kramer, for you to jump in. And like, what would you category categorize your kind of investment style at Howard Capital there? Sure. So we're, we call ourselves a defensive growth oriented manager, which seems kind of odd, right? Because typically 
Um, investment managers either going to be one or the other. They're going to be very defensive, sort of conservative, and really, you know, their main goal would be to not lose clients' assets, or they're going to be sort of growth oriented. They're going to swing for the fences and, and try to generate, you know, a lot of return, knowing that there's going to be some added risk. We, what I think we do well is combine the two. So, you know, we are you know, what you would call an active manager. Uh, we don't, you know, we don't favor asset allocation. We don't really buy and hold. Um, we're consistently trading our accounts, and the, why we do that is we believe we can generate a, a higher rate of return. Um, but on the flip side, you know, there are times where active manager is less about trading and more about getting out of the way, and that's where you'll see a manager like Howard Capital employ some sort of algorithm like the Howard Capital byline which will tell us basically to get in and out of the market. Um, so we're active on both sides of the coin, which I think is, in my opinion, a bit of an advantage. Um, but that's true true active management and uh, the full sense of the term. I want to jump in here and, and pause the conversation. And I want to kind of go backwards into how Howard got started. But I definitely, I, you know, we were looking for a man, money manager like Howard for about four to five years coming out of the 0809 collapse. Um, you know, and I think anybody can resonate with this, whether you're an advisor or just, you know, normal investor, uh, anybody. I mean, you just read the headlines today and everything is so dramatic, so polarizing. Uh, it doesn't feel like the news anymore. It feels like opinion. And, um, you know, the sky is falling constantly. And so we were looking for a data-driven approach that drowns all of that out. You know, I remember, um, I can't remember what movie it was, but it might've been old school where Vince Vaughn, you know, says earmuffs. Like, you just want to put earmuffs on all of this headline news and like, what is the data saying we should be? You know, should we be long? Should we be in cash? Should we be, you know, defensive, you know, expecting the market to go down? Um, and so we found Howard and it, they kind of fit this bill of, of a data-driven uh, money manager approach. Uh, you mentioned the HCM byline. So, can you kind of uh, talk to our listeners about Howard, how 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 Howard was created and founded, and then uh, we can kind of step into the algorithm. Yeah, absolutely. So, Vance Howard is the founder, president, and CEO of Howard Capital, and he has been an entrepreneur, business owner um, from the start. He owned a waste management company in his twenties. And uh, he sold it in his late 20s for a decent amount of money. Um, he's always been sort of an analytical guy. So, you know, he started trading his own accounts um, and he would actually fly out and sit with traders that he'd read about in, you know, New York Times or Wall Street Journal or, you know, books that he had read about trading and he would shadow them. And it, it, it he turned into sort of a, you know, a sponge, right? And he's traveling all over the country, interviewing traders, talking to different money managers, really just fascinated with the, you know, the industry. Um, and then he became an advisor. So he started advising, you know, friends and family, trading their accounts. And it sort of took off from there. Um, he ended up getting a few uh, requests from broker dealers uh, to manage money for other advisors' clients, which to him, was sort of the ultimate compliment, right? Because I mean, this—he's a, a good old boy from Texas, exactly. and he never really, you know, he didn't set out to be a money manager. It just sort of came to fruition through a fascination he had with with the markets. 
Um, and he really he started the HCM byline in the early 90s. And it was, you know, some very simple calculations. Ratio of new highs to new lows was a primary indicator. It seems simple, but it makes a lot of sense, right? If you have more new highs in the market than you do new lows, that's a good thing. We should probably trade that market. And as he grew and as assets came in and he became more well-known in the industry, he had more uh, resources to put behind the algorithms. And today, you know, we're looking at you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of lines of code in the HCM byline, whereas you know, at the very beginning, in the early 90s, it was written down on a notepad. So it's, it's been a, a very long road, but we've been using this algorithm as a firm for over 20 years. And it's uh, it, it has proven its worth time and time again. The two thousand uh, the dot com bubble early two thousands, the byline helped us navigate that two thousand eight as well, and then most recently COVID. So it's you know we have a bit of a benefit having a, an algorithm that's been around so long. Um, so let's let's try to um, deconstruct this or make it really simple for somebody who doesn't know maybe what or is intimidated by you know, an investment algorithm or some of these words. Yeah, that's usually where I jump in. <laughs> Let me just jump in there quickly. Because like, this is the reason why Brian and I kind of gravitated towards this style of investment. Because if you ask somebody, hey, you describe your best, like your perfect investment, this is what they would say. I don't want it to go down. So I want it to be in cash when it goes down. Uh, but when it goes up, I want to be in the market. I want to make money. <laughs> so, like that's basically what people would say. Like when it's going up, I want to be in. When it's going down, I don't want to be in. I want all the upside with none of the downside. Yeah. <laughs> and I want it locked in. Right. And, and yeah. if I kid, I don't want to pay tax. Right now, we're yeah. not saying that Howard is that exact thing. For the record, for compliance purposes. <laughs> that being said, though, this HCM byline is something that they are going to try to figure out when the market is going to go up and when the market isn't going down. And that's what Kramer has been talking about. And so, okay, that's my dumb way to, to break that down. I'm sure Kramer, you're going to do a great job, but that's what I would say. It's sort of like, um, it's a guardrail, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm up here in North Georgia and, you know, we've got a lot of mountains up here and you go down a mountain road, right? You're twisting, you're turning, you go up, you go down, you go sideways we're the guardrail on the side of that, that road, right? We're not going to stop everything. We're not calling tops or bottoms. We're not perfect, you, you know, but we'll keep you from going over the ledge. And that's, you know, that's the big thing. We're really just trying to, if we can catch 70 to 80% of the upside and miss 70 to 80% of the downside, we're in a really good spot. And that's what we're yeah. trying to do. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great way to explain it. I mean, kind of the way we explain it, which is similar to a road analogy is just red light, green light. Uh, and sometimes it's yellow light, but you know, for the most part, when the market with these indicators or algorithm flashes and they have all this coded, it's like, it's like you're driving your car and there's a red light, like it's, it's time to get out or, or caution, uh, you need to slow down. And so that's what their indicator does. And it tells them what to do. And, and then they do it, you know, it's a data driven process. And so it helps them exit their positions in the market, you know, when, when they, uh, they see or expect you know volatility to increase and, and potential downside to increase, uh, and then you know with any indicator or algorithm, um, you know we get a lot of people obviously talking about the headline risk right now. You know there's just a lot of things people are concerned about, and um, you know whenever you're out of the market, it's always the question of when do you get back in. And so I think 
you know, as part of any algorithm or indicator, it's it's double sided. It's not only getting out, but getting back in. So can you kind of talk about that as well? Sure. Yeah. So the a good way to think about um, the HCM byline is if you're familiar with moving averages at all, or, or just think of it in general as a, as a trend line, we've basically taken calculations that we think are going to tell us if the market's going up or down, and we've put them into a, a moving average, a proprietary trend line, right? So if the market falls below, we're out. When the market rises above our trend line, we're in. And you know, various things will you know, cause that market or that trend line to move. Well, really what we're looking at is, is the market trending in an upward direction and how fast is it trending? That's really all you need to know. I, I don't need to know why it's doing what it's doing. Mm-hmm. I don't need to look at you know, what's going on in the headlines or what CEO is saying what. It doesn't really matter. It just matters that the market's moving and which way is it going. So mm-hmm. when we talk about getting back into the market, it's very tricky. And that's where you know, that growth part of the defensive growth manager comes in because you, you have to get back in the market at the right time and you have to do it with conviction, which fortunately we're able to do because we trust the math that we've been using for the last two decades. But it's very important when you get back in that you have momentum behind you. So that's something that we look at. We put a lot of emphasis on is, okay, the market is moving upward and that's good, of course, but how fast is it moving upward? Because the quickness of that rise is very indicative of how long it's going to stay there, right? So if the market is moving quickly up, there's a very good chance that it's going to hold. And then the other thing that you have to look at, which is equally as important, is is it actually holding, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, we have set constraints on our trend line where we're basically saying, all right, it has to continue to rise or stay at this level for a given amount of time so that we know it's a true byline call, right? We really don't want to be willy-nilly trading accounts. You know, if the market's up, we, we trade. If it goes down, we're out. We don't do that. We really need a sustained trend. So when we talk about getting back into the market, those are the things we're looking at. The momentum behind the market recovery and how long it's going to stay there. And it's sort of a proprietary mix, right? Um, the number of days that we let it sit up before we get back in it's sort of a secret sauce, but it's worked out very well for us. Yeah. I, I love that you guys take the emotion out of it. Follow the data. And especially with the headlines and you read the front page of the newspaper, like it's basically going to go to zero. Yes. <laughs> but when you have data, you don't have to worry about that. You have convictions of a history, a proven track record. Take the emotion out of it. Follow the data. Jump in when you need to. Uh, but you take the emotion out of it. And I've seen probably the most successful traders in that I've ever known, just take the emotion out of it. When you start getting your emotion into it, mm, goodbye, it gets all over. So yeah. I love that there's data involved and that there's a history of it. So what were you going to say, Brian? Yeah, a couple of things. You know, one, we... I think we've talked about on the podcast a lot is this process. You know, McDonald's is known for their process, you know, in the franchise world. Um, and so what, what you alluded to earlier, Kramer, though, is like, there's this isn't perfect. Like, we're not trying to set this up as this is the end all be all to investing. Uh, and they're, they're not perfect. They're not calling the exact top, the exact bottom. Nobody's doing that, right? You know, on a consistent basis, but they do have a process. And so 2018, you know, was one of your tougher years. So it's not at all roses and sunshine. It was a tough year for most money managers because it was a very volatile entry year. The market went up and down 
I think we had over two uh, 10% losses intra year, but ended up closing like 1% or something like that. Um, so it was just a really rough ride. So can you talk about 2018 and then how you guys kind of retooled uh, the process and the algorithm from there? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up. It, when you're running a, a quantitative model or a, a data-driven, math-driven formula, you, you know, you're always you're always right until you're wrong, right? You, there is no uh, there's no foresight in in, in math. It either, it's either good, and when it's not good, you've got to go back and look at it. So in 2018, the market, I, I don't know, you guys I'm sure remember, it was the last quarter of 2018, the market declined something like 14% in 14 days. It, it was right around the holidays. And it sort of, you know, showed us that we were correct in our thinking of, you know, it's not, you know, Kramer and Brian trading our Apple stock back and forth. It's algorithm versus algorithm. Who's got the best one and who's going to be faster? Computerized trading, um, you know, that, that sort of market, it was, and it was quick, right? So we lost a lot of, uh, a lot of assets pretty quickly. We realized that the byline of 2008, right, the byline that kept us out of the market in 08, was not fast enough for the market of 2018. And so not having the benefit of being able to predict these things, because we do run a non-emotional data-driven formula, um, we experienced a fairly rough last quarter. And so, you know, why this benefits us is that, you know, we're able to go back and look at what happened. You know, we've got the data, right? So we can go back and backtest these formulas and the algorithms and find a mix that would have caught it. So we tweaked our byline and made it a little bit faster. You've got to be very careful that you don't make it too fast. So we spent a ton of time and resources into finding the right mix on our trend line to make it trigger quicker without being too quick. And it sounds easy, but there's a fine line there. Um, yeah, if you saw a chart of their trades, you that would make a lot more, you know, if we could put a visual up for the podcast. Um, but no, I mean, there's a lot of three to 5% pullbacks, you know, in a year, two years, three years, four years that you guys aren't trading. You're not, you're, this thing isn't trading 60, 70 times a year. It actually trades very infrequently. Right, uh, which is why we're we're so um, so excited about it as well. Yes, absolutely. You know, we we've probably made sixty to seventy byline calls in total. Uh, you know, that's an off the cuff number, but we, you're right. We don't we don't use it unless we have to. Um, but we, you know, twenty nineteen happens. Nothing to see here, right? Normal, you know, fairly normal year, and then we get hit with COVID in twenty twenty. Um, February, March, and April were really the trading months through COVID. And our byline, thanks to the adjustments that were made, actually started reducing exposure on our portfolios in February. And we re-entered the market in April. So the reason I bring that up is that the experience of 2018, while not, you know, not great, it really led us to some adjustments that bear fruit in uh, 2020. We were able to sidestep most of that volatility through COVID, and we had the best year performance-wise as a firm in 2020 due to those 2018 adjustments. Yeah, and I'm, it's unfortunate we weren't working with you in 2020, but we are we are now just full disclosure. So we do, you know, work with Howard uh, with our client portfolios and our models, but. This is a point I wanted to touch on, kind of something that relates to what we were talking about earlier is, is the data. What was really frustrating to me as somebody in this business was 
it came out i don't remember when it exactly came out is either like mid or late summer when i first saw it that the fed basically admitted to injecting money or basically buying the s p 500 you know futures or index uh and they were openly buying the stock market uh with borrowed money and that wasn't public information but it had a massive effect on the market you know rebounding and then obviously just going on a tear the last 18 months uh we're recording this podcast um just at the start of fourth quarter 2021 so uh it's been about 18 months since you know COVID happened and uh, the market's gone pretty much straight up from there and so this is another reason where if you would have been reading the headlines there wouldn't have been anything to read uh, until after the fact and you already missed the move but because of howard's data and analytics you guys you know and if you remember in america you know COVID in mid-april it was still really dodgy as to what was going on how bad this was going to be what was the you know prudent response as a country businesses i mean it was a pretty hairy deal then and you guys bought the market 100 percent in mid-april uh because of the hcm byline uh indicators so that to me is a, a pretty big testament to to the process you you said something important there that i i should bring up as well we bought the market at 100% and that that's a a huge benefit for us that you know we're running a sort of a proven mathematical model that we believe in so when the market does go positive when the buy line goes positive and our algorithm says to buy we don't uh, dip our toe in the water, see how it's going, wait a couple weeks, maybe put a little bit more in. We go in aggressively at 100%. And that's, that is a big advantage for us. Um, and you can only do that with a non-emotional system. Otherwise, you'll go crazy. Hmm. <laughs> that's very true. true. Very so true. let's listen. Like, let's, what, let's say our listeners want to somehow get access to Howard. What are the ways that you guys, you can help? And obviously you, you can reach out to us and we can help you try to implement this. But like, I know that you guys can do some specific work through the self-directed 401k space, which I think is really neat. Because as soon as you hear the story, you normally want a piece of what you guys are doing. So can you talk through that uh, to our listeners, please? Yeah, absolutely. So this in my personal opinion, the 401k participant is a very underserved community. Mm -hmm. uh, Amen. You know, the, it's sort of like the people that need the most help get the least help. And that that's the 401k participant, right? N nobody's in there. You know, very, there are good, obviously good advisors that are doing 401k work. But for the most part, you know, they're sort of underserved. And so what we're able to do at Howard Capital is actually go into a participant's 401k account, not the, the plan, just their account and manage it for them. And so you know, we do this at companies all around the world. Delta, for instance, here in Atlanta is a big company where, where we're managing not the plan. We don't manage the Delta 401k. We manage one particular client's personal account. So it's a very personalized approach where we're going to you know, really take care of that individual person and, and we'll trade their account for them. So they'll have the same byline that, you know, all the big institutional clients we have or anyone else has. Um, and we're able to do that on their behalf. So, you know, they're not having to, through COVID, for example, log into their account in February where they're watching CNBC and they're getting nervous and they're wondering if they should trade this target date fund. They don't have to do that with Howard Capital because we're in there trading it for them. So they'll log in 
and they'll just notice that their account balance is in cash and it, it's done. So it's it's a really nice thing for a participant that we're able to go in there and help people on an individual basis and give them, you know, a little bit of peace of mind and knowing that somebody's looking out for that account for them. Hmm. How would they find out if they have that self-directed sleeve? So the easiest way to do it, uh, to be honest, is probably ask your HR. Um, you, if you have a tech savvy uh, listener, they could probably log into their 401k page and find it on their own. Um, but in most cases, we advise the clients to just call their HR um, and ask them if they have it. Oftentimes as well, we can look it up. So if, if you, know, you guys have clients that are curious if they have it, we can look it up for them as well. Nice. Yeah. And as I, you know, just to speak into that a little bit, obviously we, uh, I don't know, we're the advisor on several 401ks for our clients, that type of thing, because of the way the government and all these rules have set up the 401k space, it's highly regulated. It's not very scalable. So it, it would be, it's hard to, you know, create investment solutions like this for like Howard, like we're talking about today. Um, you know, for a sophisticated investor, it's hard to scale that in the way it's the whole 401k space is constructed. Mm -hmm. So these guys kind of just come in, it's like an open window in the back. And, you know, you essentially authorize mm -hmm. them to trade your account, and they're trading your account in your 401k, you haven't left employment, you can still keep contributing. None of that changes. Uh, it's just a self directed window uh, within your plan. And so yeah, please ask if you want us to look, we, we can look it up um, or, you know, your HR administrator can. So, and as the 401k space, a lot of these companies have, you know, been bought and sold, you know, so many, so many of these 401ks now, especially bigger companies are all on, you know, two to three platforms. And most of those platforms, uh, Howard's able to work with. So uh, if there's something you're interested in, definitely, uh, you know, ask. It's good. Yeah, absolutely. We're I think about fifty-five to sixty percent of four hundred one k plans will have it, so there's a very good chance it's available. What's on the future for Howard Capital? Like, obviously, you guys are doing some great things. You're helping people a lot, but is there a future? And what is it that you want to do? Where you want to go? And I would love to like walk through that as a company. Yeah, so you know, we we spend a lot of time and resources on our quantitative models we're you know we've got software engineers that we've hired we're we're constantly putting money back into the business um you know just trying to make sure that we stay ahead of the curve because the market and especially algorithmic traders and computerized trading it, it's growing so quickly we're just we really spend a lot of time trying to make sure that we're at the forefront um aside from improvements on what already exists we're, we're really, as a firm, trying to break into the West Coast a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, that's been an area at Howard Capital. We've done very well in the Midwest. We've done very well in Texas. We're you know growing like crazy in the Southeast and Northeast. But for some odd reason, the West Coast just eludes us. Um, so we're looking at some socially responsible ETFs possibly launching um, the next couple of years, maybe probably sooner than that. Um, but again, you know, our core business is, is helping financial advisors. So when I say, you know, what's next, it really depends on what the landscape provides us. You know, what, what do advisors need? And typically that's where 
the various lines of business that Howard Capital is in, it, it stems from that. So, you know, you guys may call us and say, hey, we really need this. This is sort of a pain point for us. And it's, you know, we'd like to grow our business doing this particular thing. That might be what's next um, because that's our business. We're traders, but we're also, you know, we work for, for the advisor. So it depends. Uh, I'm excited to see what it is. It seems like every other year we're launching something new. So, Stay tuned. It's definitely uh, there. Will definitely be some new developments coming around the bend. It's good. Okay. Well, I've I've asked for the HCM byline being applied to Bitcoin, so I'm waiting patiently for that. I I knew you were going to bring that up. I knew you knew I was going to bring it up. I I I shoot up the flagpole. That's you know, it's a long flagpole. That's all you can do. It's a long flagpole right. for the old crypto. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a tough one. Well, Kramer, I appreciate you being on the show and just kind of walking through all those different ways that you know the that you guys, the active managers, do participate and help people achieve what they want to do. Because investments are something though that a lot of people want to just have good investments. They want to have those go up, but they also want to be able to pursue their dreams. Uh, and that's something that we've always helped people with is just, hey, you you focus on what you're passionate about, and then we'll be good stewards of your money as well. And and Howard Capital has definitely uh, filled a void for us in our practice. So I thank you for being on the show, walking us through everything. And uh, yeah, any closing thoughts, Brian? Uh, I'm going to do a compliance closing thought, you know, that uh, past performance is not indicative of future returns and that we're not promising, you know, investment gains or returns on this podcast. And that this is for informational purposes only. So I'll leave it at that. Thank you, Kramer, for your time, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Until next time, go be uncommon. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project, brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit uncommonwealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.